Hello, this is Cindy again with the second Insider's Report on K-12 education. As a reminder, I'm a former K-12 teacher and school counselor with decades of experience and stories to share with you. And these stories are not exclusive to my home state of Arizona. I'd like to talk about school safety this week, particularly school shootings and my theory as to a major reason that they're happening. My theory is also backed up by some research. There are other aspects of school safety that I'll talk about in future media posts, such as predator school employees, bullying, and drugs. And next week, I plan to speak about the dangers posed by new community school models with school-based therapists and health clinics. There's been a lot of chatter on Twitter lately, um, and I'd like to address that. Uh, this past week, there was another school shooting, unfortunately. Students tell me that they worry constantly about school shootings. I, I read on Twitter or X that school safety is the number one reason that students and teachers leave public schools. It's probably not surprising to most of us. Predictably, after a school shooting, we usually hear two things, that guns are to blame or that someone knew there was something wrong with the school shooter but did nothing about it. From my experiences and research, many times it's the administrators who are usually the ones that don't use good judgment when there's clear warning signs about dangerous students. I always feel like asking them, have you never heard of school shootings? When presented with a potentially dangerous situation, many administrators I've encountered ignore it and hide it, and often go after the whistleblower, like myself, instead of taking care of the real problem. I'll provide a few of my own examples. Um, in one Phoenix school several years ago, when I was a middle school teacher, another teacher and I found out that an eighth grade student who we suspected could be schizophrenic was threatening to kill several of his classmates. Nothing really was done about it, even though we both reported it, but one of the threatened students happened to have a parent who was a police officer. Now this police officer sent his colleagues to the school to question some people, including the other teacher and myself, because he knew we were told about the whole story um, by the students. Something was finally done about this homicidal student as a result of the police coming in. However, unbelievably, the other teacher and I were reprimanded by our supervisors and we were placed on paid administrative leave for truthfully answering questions by the police. Uh, utterly Um, unbelievable, ridiculous. It caused quite an uproar as we were both popular middle school teachers. Parents were upset, students, um, it was just a mess. We used a lawyer to settle with the school, but we both wound up leaving and finding other jobs. I still have to ask though, why were we the ones who had to leave? Why did the administrators keep their jobs? However, I did find out that years later, they didn't all keep their jobs for various reasons. Karma's nice, isn't it? In yet another school when I was a school counselor, an eighth grade student told me he was homicidal, but he didn't want to be. He had elaborate plans for killing a couple of classmates. His parents, therapists, psychiatrists, and of course the school administrators did not take his plans seriously, even though the county crisis team, school resource officer, and I definitely did. How could we not take him seriously, considering all the school shootings that occur in this country? Uh, but since the school administrators wielded all the power as usual, we couldn't do anything about it. The school administrators even told me I wasn't allowed to inform his own teachers that he was homicidal. And I, we just, we couldn't believe that. Uh, we had to keep it a secret. 
But the teachers luckily figured it out on their own and kept their eyes open. But they were, as you can imagine, not happy that they weren't told and how the whole thing was being handled. Uh, the school resource officer advised that we check his backpack every morning as an alternative. Well, the administration was not cooperative about doing this either for some incomprehensible reason. But we finally convinced the vice principal he had to do something to keep everyone safe, and he had so he had to check the backpack every morning. That was that was pretty um, obvious to to all of us. We really doubted he remembered to check his backpack every morning, though. And we caught him several times forgetting, and many of us felt uneasy until the end of the school year. I also worked briefly as a counselor in a behavioral day school, and a 14-year-old girl came to me one morning and said she wanted to kill a couple of her classmates. She said if the school had not been conducting routine daily inspections of backpacks like they do in these schools, she would have brought a knife to school. This girl was a special ed student, but she was not so severe that she didn't know right from wrong. She told me she wanted help because she knew it was wrong to commit murder. After I called the county crisis team and her parents, I was also mandated to call the police. She was taken to a hospital for help, but predictably, uh, one of the administrators complained about my actions because this girl was a special ed student. Uh, the administrator believed special ed students should not be held accountable or even given appropriate help for wanting to commit murder. When I called some legal and police experts in the state, I found out I had done the right thing. As one expert told me, in the real world, the police don't care if someone is a special ed student. They care that she had intent to commit a murder. As the Federal Individual with Disabilities Education Act, or IDEA, as a lot of people know it to be, uh, states, and I quote, nothing in this subchapter shall be construed to prohibit an agency from reporting a crime committed by a child with a disability to appropriate authorities or to prevent state law enforcement and judicial authorities from exercising their responsibilities with regard to the application of federal and state law to crimes committed by a child with a disability. Upon doing some more research on school safety, I then stumbled upon the National School Safety and Security Services website, which claims that too many administrators falsely believe they, believe they have an option to report school-based crimes. This organization, organization states, and I quote again, schools are not islands of lawlessness where the criminal law does not apply. They also point out that if school administrators reported incidents as they should, it would provide us with red flags, something I wasn't surprised about because uh, that's what I've noticed. These red flags could lead to early intervention so that tragedies would not occur. This organization claims that there are a lot of local school administrators that underreport crimes for political and image concerns. And what's the reason? Because they're afraid of drawing adverse media attention and public attention to their school. It's, it's sad. Um, as this organization states, and I quote again, the reality is that the principal with the higher statistics of crime reports may actually have a safer school because he or she deals with the problems head-on, and reports incidents. Now, that's should be common sense after all the school shootings we've had, and it should be a uh, no-brainer, basically. Lockdown drills are just not enough. Schools need to become proactive when there are clear warning signs. I have even more of these types of school safety stories than the ones I have shared with you. Thanks for listening to the second media post of mine. My purpose for creating these videos is to share 
my experiences with you so that you can become aware and realize what's going on inside the skulls too and perhaps perhaps help to fix them. As I said earlier, my claims are not exclusive to just Arizona, as I've lived in various states around the country and I've worked and have had involvement in many public, charter, and private schools. These are national problems, probably because we have a federal department of education. Also, I do have a side business that enables me to speak with teachers all over the country, and I hear the same stories that I'm sharing and will be sharing with you. What strikes me the most, though, is that even in the states where teachers are paid extremely well, such as California, the teachers are still quitting, which shocked me at first. They tell me it has nothing to do with the money. The system is just broken. Until next time, take care and stay safe. Thanks for listening. And a special thank you to my husband for producing these videos for me and for all of us to enjoy.